Hey there, it's Rob Carbone. You're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees analysis than by tuning into this podcast right here, right now. Let's go. All right, all right. All right, what's up, guys? Rob Carbone coming at you. Um, 12.43, Tuesday morning, so it's just past midnight. <clears throat> um, how we doing? How we doing? Uh, I'm not doing that good. <laughs> Tough day off. All I thought about uh, today or Monday, all I thought about was, you know, that loss last night. All I thought about. It's like game one never even happened, really. It just it's, it's like everything was erased. Technically, it was because it's now one to one in this series. But God, it was such a tough. It, it felt like the longest day ever because I was I was off for, from school, right? I had nothing nothing going on. It's so all I was doing is just doing homework and thinking about the Yankees and how they could have won that game last night. So many what ifs, right? So many ifs, so many buts, so many this that's. God, it was so annoying. Um, it was one of those games they needed, too, right? Justin Verlander on the mound. They had him. Really, they had him on the ropes. They were so close. This guy was, you know, I expected Justin Verlander to dominate the Yankees. Everybody expected him to dominate. He's one of the best pitchers in the game, if not the best pitcher in the game, right next to his guy who's going to pitch tomorrow. But, yeah, I expected seven, two-thirds, seven and a third, maybe eight innings of one-run ball, like maybe even shut us out for it. I expected to be completely flat against this guy. And so that's what hurts the most because the Yankees were pretty good against him. They weren't great. Obviously, they weren't great, but they were pretty decent. You know, they had they cracked two runs on him, one just one big swing by Aaron Judge to give the Yankees... You know, they were they were down one nothing at the time, but Judge hits the big two run homer. I think it was the fourth inning, puts the Yanks up two to one on Verlander, and that was a big hit, right? So he finishes up going six and two thirds innings of two run ball. Yanks cracked him for seven hits. Uh, they didn't strike out that much on him. He didn't dominate. That's what we wanted. You know, he left the game uh, in a two to two game. So you 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 ask for that any day, right? With Justin Verlander on the mound in Houston. To, to be able to still be in the game after he leaves, that's a big plus. So that's why I hurt. That was the biggest reason why I hurt, man. The Yanks had him on the ropes. And one of the big mistakes of the game was, what was it, the fifth or sixth inning? Um, when the Yanks had runners on first and second, um, two outs, Brett Gardner at the plate. He lines one to Altuve. Bounces off Altuve's glove, so LeMahieu tries to go from second to home and score in the play. Remember, this is a tie game at the time. And he gets thrown out. Uh, Correa guns him down, and he wasn't even close. Um, personally, I did not think um, Phil Nevin should have been sending, or whoever, who, is he the third base coach? I don't know. I, I did not think they should have sent LeMahieu home. I really didn't. From second base on a ball that didn't even leave the infield, I think he you got to stay put at third. I know the struggling, slumping, and overrated. Gary Sanchez was up next, but I don't think you should. I think you should have played it safe there. Some people, some are telling me, oh, maybe it was the right move. I don't know. I don't know. I I think they should have kept him, kept him at third base there. I don't think he should have been going going for home. You know, the ball didn't leave the infield. 
and you had two outs already, it was a game that you, outs were precious that game, right? Every single out was precious. You needed to, to be safe. If you're going to, if you were going to run, you better have been safe. And he was not, and he wasn't even close. That was a big mistake. Um, God, I don't want to blame DJ because he, he was sent to go, but he has no speed, dude. Oh my God. He's a big guy. He has no speed, no speed at all. But God, that game sucked, man. All I thought about today, fucking awful. God. Um, but it wasn't the only thing about this game that, that, that pissed me off. There were many things that pissed me off and it's going to lead me to my next point. So many people, you know, like to say, oh, this guy shouldn't take the blame. This guy should, or that guy shouldn't take the blame. The other guy should. Who's to say only one person gets the blame every game? This is a team game with with so many people making so many mistakes in this game. There were many many reasons why we lost this game, and you know the, the Mayhew Sam was just one of them. You know I like to begin with with James Paxton, right? Big Maple they call him. Um, this guy was acquired to be an ace, right? Uh, he obviously wasn't an ace in the first half of the season, um, and even a little more than that. He had a hot streak towards the end in August and September. He was on a ten and zero run. But now we're in the postseason, and James Paxton has been pretty damn underwhelming. I know they won game one against the Twins where he pitched, but his four and two-thirds, three runs, really? Really? That's the best James Paxton's going to give us? And he comes out of the gate here in this game, yesterday's game, and goes two and one-third innings. That's right. I said it. Two and a third innings. He only gives up one run, right? That's the argument for him. Oh, he only gave up one run. Guys, he had 50-something pitches in the third inning with one out. He couldn't do shit. He was brought here to be an ace. Not brought here to pitch two innings against the Houston Astros in a big playoff game. That's not why we acquired him. That's not why we traded Sheffield for him. We traded for James Paxton so he could become an ace. An ace. A number one option for this team. He has not been that in the playoffs, folks. He's not been great. What his best outing is a so-so game where he gives up three runs and four innings in. That's not good. Now he can't even go for it. He goes half of that. He goes two and a third innings of one run ball. Are you kidding me, man? I, I, that just made me so sick. You know. And I agreed with Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone pulling ch- uh, pulling uh, check, we'll get the check green. Aaron Boone pulling James Paxson after two and a third was the right move. The guy had nothing going for him. It was ball strike, ball strike. He was he had no rhythm out there, giving up some big hits. It, it, he didn't have it, and it was the right decision to pull him for sure. So Paxton really set the tone for that game. A shitty performance by him forced the Yankees to use six million relievers in that game. And when you use six million relievers, one of those six million are bound to have an off night. Here's why I get to my next point, which bothered me. Um... Boone goes with Chad Green in relief, right? Green does outstanding. He does great. Pitches two full innings of, you know, scoreless baseball. He shuts the Astros down. I don't think he allows a hit. Um, a couple of hard hits, but they were outs. A couple of hard hit outs. Uh, strikes out a bunch. Two strikeouts in two innings. Um, a few swings and misses in there. He looked great. He had 26 pitches thrown in those two innings. 21 of them for strikes. 21 of his only 26 pitches were strikes. He was throwing strikes, guys. So not only was his pitch count low and efficient, but it was it was effective. It, he was hitting his spots like Chad Green does when he's on. 
We've seen him throw three innings before. But Boone doesn't do it. Boone takes Green out. I don't know if this was an analytical move. I don't know if it was just 2019 baseball. I don't know if it was Boone just being an idiot. I don't know. But he takes a hot Chad Green out for, get this, a struggling, mightily, Adam Adovino, who's not had himself quite the postseason so far, coming into that game. Even the second half in the regular season, he hasn't been that great. So he's been struggling, but Aaron Boone pulls a hot Chad Green for a struggling Adovino, and Adovino goes ahead, tosses a first-pitch slider to, to Correa, and boom, knocked over the wall. Was it Correa? Somebody. Correa hit the walk-off later, but somebody hits a, hits a home. I forget who it was. But tosses the first pitch slider, and boom, it's gone. It's gone. There's another mistake right there. You don't pull Chad Green. I'm sorry. I, I don't. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you're going to tell me uh, I'm being irrational here, I, I, I have to say you know nothing. Because that's, that's, I'm sorry, man. I can tell you, you can't just tell me Boone's perfect. Listen, I know people like Boone. All right, fine. He's done a fine, a fine job with this team. But to tell me that he that wasn't a mistake, pulling Chad Green, who was only throwing 26 pitches in 20, and two innings, and he's, he's looking very sharp out there, for a guy who's been walking the park, for a guy who's been choking with men on base every time he's thrown out there, you're not gonna you're gonna tell me that's the right decision? Oh man, that was not the right decision. Any guy that goes back to Paxton, you know, fluking out here. This was his problem to begin with because we have to use this many guys. But you know, when we get there, Boone's got to be smart too. He's got to be smart on his end, and he was not. I don't think that was the correct move. In fact, I know that was not the correct move. Um, but yeah, okay, we'll move on, right? Um, offensively, let's let's go on the flip side. They also deserve some blame too, right? The Yankee bats did fine against Verlander. We're talking about that, but once once the Astros went with their bullpen, which you know it's funny because we make fun of their bullpen all the time on how it's very average and you know pretty mediocre at times too. But they went with their bullpen, you know, a collection of four or five you know random white journeymen, um, outside of Osuna who's pretty good, but they went with a bunch of random average relievers and they shut the Yankee bats down. Ironically enough. They shut them down. The Yanks had one hit in the final four plus innings, you know. So Verlander left after six and two thirds. The game went eleven innings. So, however many innings that is from that span to that, that's how much the relievers pitched. And the Yankees had one hit over that span. <laughs> they couldn't get anything going. And there's a, there's a moment where they were just consecutively getting outs. And they weren't even getting hits at all. There was a big strand of you know. I think it was like eight, nine consecutive batters without reaching base. It was a mess. Um, They embarrassed the Yankee Bats. And when you're talking about the Bats, listen, they're going to have a down game, right? They only scored two runs that game. They were so good to start this postseason. Ten runs in the first game against the Twins. Then they went out and scored eight. Then they went to five. And then they come out against the Astros and win seven-nothing in game one. You're going to have a bad game offensively. I get it. But the problem here is it's there's becoming a trend where other than Aaron Judge, other than DJ LeMayu, other than Gleyber Torres, right? Other than those three, there aren't many Yankee hitters right now uh, doing doing damage, really. And I'm looking at two guys in particular. Now, don't hate on me. Don't, don't get mad at me here. But Gary Sanchez and Edwin Encarnacion 
have been atrocious. They've been terrible. By the way, I apologize for the for the sound you guys are hearing. I know my mic's got this little buzzing sound in the background. I don't know. I'm trying to fix it. I have no idea how, but I apologize for that. But but no, Gary Sanchez and Edwin Encarnacion have been putrid. Ever since the first two games ended in the American League Division Series, Encarnacion has not done shit. He's been going up to the plate and putting up some terrible at-bats, ending up striking out. As for Gary Sanchez, he hasn't had any moment this postseason. I don't remember him doing anything significant at the plate. He's been awful. And Gary's a guy, you know, where when he's not hitting, he's different than Encarnacion. Edwin's more of a professional hitter, right? He's a guy I have more, I don't know if he's going to snap out of it, but he's a guy that I have more faith in right now because he's a guy that can still get on base and he's a guy that can make contact when he's on. As for Gary, it's the same old Gary Sanchez that we've seen for the past two years now where if he's not hitting the home run, he's not going to be effective, right? Because he doesn't single much, right? He doesn't hit a, hit a lot of singles. He doesn't hit a lot of doubles. He obviously doesn't triple. Um, he chases a lot, and he doesn't take his walks anymore. So what, exact, what exactly is it that's going to get Gary Sanchez to become a higher batting average, higher on-base percentage guy? There is nothing else there. If you don't walk single, double, or triple, you just hit home runs, you're not going to be effective on the base. You're not going to get on base. You're not going to hit for average. And that's Gary Sanchez right now. It's one thing. He goes up to the... He's a man without a plan. He goes up to the plate with zero approach, right? Nothing else on his mind but, oh, I'm going to pull this ball 500 feet to left field for a home run. That's all he's going up there doing. He is... I don't know if he's pressing, but that's who he is. It's who he's been for the last two years. It's such a... day, And that's what bothers me sometimes because people overhype this guy so much, right? They hype up how great of a bat he has, how his A-Rod calls him the best hitter on the Yankees so often, and that pisses me off. I don't know if he's doing it anymore. He's kind of been leaning towards Glaber, but A-Rod's called him that. So many people have called this guy the best hitter in the Yankees before. I've heard it so many times. But when it comes down to it, he's folding in the postseason. Why? Because he's just going up there with nothing but one one thing on his mind, just to hit a homer. That's not going to get you success. And I knew it. I knew it. All these analytical, you know, new age losers telling you that power trumps contact in the postseason? Hell no. Gary Sanchez is an example of why it doesn't. DJ LeMayhew and Claybert Torres are examples of why contact wins. <laughs> Gary Sanchez goes up there with this new age approach, right? Just hit home runs and you'll be all right. It's not working, folks. That's not how it works. I'm sorry. Old school wins in the end. Traditional baseball wins in the end. We got to go up there and have this balance. Yeah, you have to have a balance. You have to have a balance up there. And he doesn't have a balance. He's one-dimensional, one-sided, only power. And right now he's bringing absolutely nothing because when you get to the postseason, the pitching isn't going to be the Baltimore Orioles out there. It's going to be guys like Verlander, guys like Cole. It's going to be good elite pitchers. And he's not doing shit against them, just as I imagined. He's an inefficient, one-dimensional, streaky slugger who needs to snap out of it. And I agree that he's been much better behind the plate, right? And you know what? Sometimes you're not going to get much production from the catcher position. That's fine if you can stop hyping him up. Then stop hyping up his talent then. If you're going to tell me that, if you're going to use that excuse and say he's the catcher, he's not supposed to hit much, then stop calling this guy this game-changing MVP then. Then stop calling him that, all right? And stop getting mad when I say he's not hitting well. Because you guys are hyping him up in the first place. 
It's ridiculous. He needs to snap out of it. Remember two years ago, three or four years ago, maybe, when he came up in the league? It was 2016. When he came up in 2016, 52 games or something like that, he hit just under 300 along with that power. 20 home runs in 50-something games and a 300 average, almost. The next year, his OPS was over 1,000. The next year, he, he was great. He hit just under 280. OPS was near 900. And he hit 30-something homers in 122 games. That was the high average, high on-base guy that we that we knew, that we thought we were getting. That was the MVP, Gary, right? That was the guy who was going up there who would settle for the single the other way, who would hit a double into the gaps, who, who could also mix in the home run, though. That was that guy, the high, highly efficient, you know, the hitter who can hit it, hit the ball at high volumes, but also combine the power. But we're not getting that anymore. It seems like over the last two years, he's just fell into this home run or nothing trap where he's trying to pull everything, and that's caused this one-dimensional, low-average, low-OBP slugger who's going to have his ups and downs, um, the extreme ups and downs, though. And right now, he's going to going through an extreme slump. Um, and that's my next point. Um, I don't think the Austin Romine squad, uh, cr- you know, pro-Austin Romine crowd right now is, uh, I don't think that's that's crazy. I really don't. I, I I agree. I think that's a that's a reasonable. Um, that's something pretty reasonable there to to want Austin Roman in there even for a game, just a game. Maybe you know, just sit Gary a game. It's not a terrible idea. They're not going to. You know the Yanks have too much pride. You know they're not going to sit Gary Sanchez. But I don't think it's a terrible idea because Austin Roman is the guy who can get the line, keep the line moving, right? He's kind of the opposite of Gary. Now, of course, I'm not saying he's a better hitter than Gary Sanchez. I'm not saying that. But am I saying he's better fit for the way this lineup is right now? Yeah. I mean, he's... Listen, He would you rather have Gary Sanchez slumping, which is a black hole? Or would you have Austin Roman, who, you know, he's a contact hitter who can actually hit the ball the other way when he needs to, but still, you know, hit it over the wall here and there? Right now, I'd rather have... Roman in there just because of the fact that when Gary Sanchez slumps, it's not only that he's not a factor, but he's a negative impact player, right? When some hitters slump, when great hitters slump, they can at least impact in some kind of way. They're, they'll get on base or they'll hit the single. When Gary Sanchez slumps, he's literally giving you nothing and he's giving them nothing right now. So that's why I don't think it's a terrible idea to at least give Roman maybe a pinch hit at bat. Uh, maybe he could have gotten an at bat last game. They haven't given him shit yet this postseason. We're five games in. I would have loved to see him at least get an at-bat or two. But no, we haven't seen that. And they're obviously, they're going to rely um, here on Gary Sanchez getting hot again. It's a risk. It's definitely a risk because when he's cold, like he is right now, he is a negative impact player. Now, fortunately, the Yankees have the depth where they can sometimes, you know, overcome that. You know, which is what they did in the first four games where they won. But it's you got Garrett Cole on the mound tomorrow. You better hope Gary Sanchez can do something because he's too important to this club to be swinging and missing, popping up, lazily grounding out so consistently. And Ebron Encarnacion, I, I hope this guy gets it together too because he he's a guy I like. It's hard to get mad at this guy because he's a, he's a seasoned vet. You know, he's been around. He he's got the postseason experience. He's a professional hitter. This is a guy who can make contact, and it's a guy who can really just get on base with the walk but right now he's doing nothing he's doing nothing so we have to get him going again have to get Gary going again and you know like I've said other than Aaron Judge LeMayhew and Torres nobody else is doing much it'd be nice to get other people going
Um, but those two guys are the, are the guys I look at most. And Giancarlo Stanton, too. <laughs> He's hurt. <laughs> he missed game two because of a quad injury. God, this guy's made him such glass. I'm sorry. He's so soft. This contract is off to a terrible start, and I really don't see it getting any better. If he's this injury-prone right now in his 20s, how the hell is it going to be when he's 30-something years old and we're paying him even more money than we're doing now? Oh, my God. He missed 150-something games this year, and he comes back, barely plays, gets hurt again, comes back, barely plays, now he's hurt again. (sighs) It's a joke. It's a friggin' joke. I'm sick of it, man. If he's going to come back, stay in the damn field. And if he's out there tomorrow, which they're saying they're hopeful he's out there, if he's out there tomorrow versus Cole, I want him to have a goddamn good game. And listen, I know Stanton improved this postseason so far. Small sample size, but he has improved a little bit, right? The plate discipline's there. He's not chasing that low and away slider anymore. It's been great. I love that. I love seeing his at-bats now because he's not been chasing as much. But it would also be nice to get that next step. To have him hit for power now. Because he only has that one bloop single hit. In the Twins game. That's it. He was one for six. So the next step I think for Stanton is. To keep walking. But it's like because his standards. his Because his postseason standards are so low already. Because of last year. It's like we expect him to just walk and that's it. No. It'd be nice to get him to perform up to a $30 million level. You know what I mean? So he can still walk. I Of course I'll take those walks any day. Compared to what we got last year. But also, I'm saying, since since we have a lot of guys slumping, it'd be nice to see Stanton come in there and start hitting those homers too now. Start hitting the doubles, you know, doing those things. Being a $30 million player. So it'd be great to see him get hot, you know, and live up to that contract a little bit here. But it's not off to a good start, man. Is he going to come back? Who knows? If he does, is he going to be healthy enough to, to, to make that impact? Oh, God. But, damn, that game, too, was such a terrible loss. And I, I, I was thinking about it all day. We could be heading back to New York for three games with a 2 nothing lead. I would have definitely, if, if, if they won that second game, I think this series was over. I think the Yankees would have handled it at home for sure. Now, uh, not so much. Um, I know a lot of people look at game three as a swing game. And, of course, now it is. But I thought that game, too, was, was so important just as much because... Like I said, you go home with a two nothing lead with three home games. You know, all you got to do was all you had to do. If they won yesterday, all the Yanks would have had to done would have had to do was to take two of those three home games to win to advance the World Series. Now they have to win all three. Now they have to win all three if they don't want to go back to Houston. And honestly, I'm not sure anything less does it. If they go back to Houston, I'm not liking the Yankees' chances. I'm not. I'm really not. And tomorrow is just such a big game for them. Oh, they've got to win tomorrow. Garrett Cole on the mound. He's the best pitcher in the game. You know, right next to Verlander. Maybe even better. He might win the Cy Young. Garrett Cole, 300 and something strikeouts this year. The Yankees have some, you know, they've made better contact this season. Um, You know, that's why they've been able to hit for average as as well as, you know, draw the walk and hit homers, which is what they usually do. But... You know, the ability to hit the single, double, triple this year is why they've been so successful, um, even more successful than they've been last year, you know, times two. You know, they've transformed that lineup from a one-dimensional lineup to a dynamic lineup. But even though they make more contact, they still have a couple of guys that are, vul- that are vulnerable, you know, 
to the strikeout like Judge, like Stanton, like Sanchez. So they, you got to hope they're on. You know, if Garrett Cole is going to toy with them, boy, if they're not on their game, you have to hope they're on their game. Um, and, yeah, it's such a big game. If the Yankees lose this, this game tomorrow, sure, they have a few more tr- chances, but that guarantees um, going back to Houston if they win too, if they win too. So they've got to win. They've got to win tomorrow, and then you have two games ahead of you with you know lesser pitching, lesser starting pitching. Get past tomorrow, and you're in so much better shape. I'll have so much more confidence if they can get past tomorrow. Um, there might be a rain out on Wednesday because I know it's supposed to rain. If that's true, um, I would throw Tanaka back out there for sure. <laughs> right? This guy's a postseason god, and he's developed a pretty nice resume for himself. Seven starts now. He hasn't given up a run, uh, more than two runs in either of those seven starts. He's developed an outstanding resume for himself. So I would consider him if game three gets rained out. If game four, four gets rained out. But right now we're focused on game three. That's the big game. If Yanks lose game three, I think they're losing this series for sure. If the Yanks win game three, I'll have so much more confidence. So much more. Um, but they got to do it. They got to take care of business, folks. And, you know, missed opportunity against Justin Verlander. You had him on the ropes for a bit. But you just have to pat, you have to move, you have to put it in the past. You got to move on. And you got to hope they, they win this um, game coming up tomorrow. So it's a four o'clock game. I hate that shit. I don't know why the Nationals Cardinals game is on prime time. Prime time should be the Yanks Astros. This is the biggest series of baseball this season. Why the hell aren't they on? The, why aren't they playing on the nightcap? Freaking Yankee Stadium is going to be not empty, but it's not going to be full of fifty-five thousand fans. <laughs> That's gonna suck, dude. I need everybody out there. I would love to go tomorrow, but I can't. I've got class in the morning. I get home around one. That won't be enough time to get to the stadium. But I ah damn man. That's so stupid. Yankees Astros. In the Bronx at 4 o'clock in the middle of a damn Tuesday? Are you kidding me? A fungal. That's so stupid. Whatever. Let's bounce back. Let's win. Let's beat the shit out of Garrett Cole. And hey, Luis Severino, want to give us more than four innings this time? Please. All right, guys. Thanks so much for stopping by. I appreciate you checking me out. I'll see you tomorrow. All right. Ciao.